This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for the opportunity that we have to just come together and to just look into your word. Father, we do this because this is what you've called us to do. Father, this will be your church, to come together, to have everything in common. And Father, to know and understand the scriptures, the complete work that you've left for us. Father, that we might understand them and that we might know. Father, how much we're loved, how much you've done for us, how much you're doing for us. And Lord, that we might just understand as much as our human minds can, the depth of the love that you have for each one of us. So, Father, we pray this morning that you might just encourage us, that you might bless us, and that, Father, we might just see something more of your wonder and of your beauty today. We ask these prayers in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 4, uh, 35, are those kind of verses that you would think to yourself, well, they, Matthew, are not for a family service. <laughs> Because it's titled, The Cost of Being a Disciple. What is a disciple? It's an an adherent to God's word. Those that know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us that have accepted Christ as our own personal saviour. Those of us that have said, Lord, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Come into my life and change me. Then at that point we've said, Lord, I want to follow what you've laid out for me. I want to live how you've called me to live. That's a disciple. Somebody who wants to do what God has laid out for us. Somebody who wants to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you, um, if you, if, well, if it's your first time, you won't be aware, but those of us that have, have been around for the past few weeks know that we're in a new series. Um, I guess we're four weeks in, would you believe? A month has passed. We're in November. Is it scary, isn't it? It is scary. Time is going away quick. 2018 is almost over. Are you surprised at the cost of following Jesus? And that's what we're looking at today. Are we surprised? And are we surprised at what? The cost of following Jesus. So far in the series, we've looked at, are we surprised at God's grace? Are we surprised at our sin? And are we surprised, as we saw last week, at God's hand in every situation? And this morning, church, I want to encourage us, but also I want to pre-warn you. Don't switch off. Don't switch off, but know this morning isn't a stroll in the park. Rather, it is a look into our own hearts to see what we are doing here. Jesus asks the question. There's a large crowd following him. A large crowd, it said, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And you'd expect Jesus to turn around and say, people, this is brilliant. Next week, bring a friend. Let's double this crowd, eh? Okay, I can feel nobody's with me at this point. But you'd expect, or I would expect, that's what Jesus would say. We count people because, I love it how you've listened. Eight years, eight years I've thrown this at you. 
We count people because people count. It's the last time, alright? We're done. Eight years, man and boy. Eight years, I don't know. We count people because people count. And you say, Jesus, look, there's loads of people following you. You want more people following you. And that's what we want to do, isn't it? Jesus turns around. And he says to them this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother, his wife and children... His brothers and sisters, yes, his own life. He cannot be my disciple. The crowd is halved. Instantly. The crowd is halved, if not greater. Because everybody would go, what? We're following him because there was a chance of a free meal. We're following him because we've heard that he is something special. But now he's telling me something quite random you see because what Jesus is now about to lay out to these people that were following him and to you and me this morning that there is a cost there is a cost isn't that interesting in a world where we want things for free it's the only reason that I still eat a happy meal is because it comes with a free toy it's the only reason The boys, they're like, Dad, we don't want a Happy Meal, we're having one. Because look, it comes with a free toy. If you were of the generation where you opened a cereal box and in the cereal box were toys, it's the only, I don't even like Rice Krispies, but there is a free toy, Mum, so please, can we have them? She's like, seriously, I'll buy you a pencil topper. (laughs) But you see here, Jesus is outlining... That yes, salvation is free. Amen? But there is a cost to being a disciple. And I want to ask you, first of all this morning, are we the type of people, are you the type of person that goes into things with, I guess, a movie in your head of what's going to play out? Are you the type of person that before you take a step into a situation, you have played the whole scenario out. I know what's going to happen. It is all sunshine and lollipops and everybody's skipping around and it's just there's bunny rabbits and there's daisies and there's rainbows and it's just wonderful and there's happiness everywhere. It's just me in it. Okay. But you see, we make a movie in our minds of things that are going to happen. Just for example, before you decide if you're that type of person or not, take away the bunnies. (laughs) But you see, you think to yourself, having kids, they're so wonderful, they smile, they fill a room with happiness. Look how cute they are. They are just a delight. And look how happy everybody is when they're around them. And at 2am you think, why Lord? No, I did not want this. I didn't ask for this. It's 2am. Go to sleep, please. And then the nappy's full again. And you think to yourself, well, this is not the movie I'd created in my head because it was all wonderful. And the bunnies were there. But now all of a sudden the reality has hit. Two, here's another one. 
I'm careful because it's, it's rare that my wife's in when I'm speaking. She listens to it and I can be, you know, in a different country when she listens to it. But today she's in the room. <laughs> but you see, marriage, spending forever with your best friend. I can't think of anything better. Can you? It just sounds so wonderful. <laughs> Apart from the time when I asked you to get the toothpaste and you didn't get the toothpaste and it's 8am and i got to go to work and we're out of toothpaste, so why would you do this to me? Do you hate me? Is this, is this where we're at? You see, because all of a sudden, things that you think are so wonderful can turn into something so different because we play a movie in our heads that's just paradise and we forget. And Jesus here is saying to them, look, listen, you want to follow me and that's great. That's wonderful. But there's a cost. Because the picture that we paint in our head, it's far deeper and it's far more encroaching on our lives. Because what we like to do is just put things on the periphery of our life. And people go, well, I'm a Christian. And we say, well, how are you a Christian? I go to church on a Sunday. Okay, so for 90 minutes of a week. I told you it weren't a stroll in the park, didn't I? For 90 minutes a week, we're a Christian. And Jesus says, you know, there's a cost for being a disciple. Because it means actually that you put God above everything else. The number one thing in your life, if you are a disciple, is God. It's not a decision where you've gone, I'm going to place him number one. He is number one. And everything else then falls into place. And God says in his word, he says, seek first my kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. But what we like to do is add everything else and then have a look for this kingdom he's on about. Because when I find it. And Jesus says to us again this morning with a resounding gong that there is a cost to being a disciple. Now I know that in our heads that perhaps the movie and the reality don't always match up. But I would also hope that in our lives that there are many different decisions that we make that we think about the gravity of the decision that we're making, that we think about what we're doing, that we don't just jump in and hope for the best. It would be absurd, wouldn't it, to think, uh, to not think and understand the implications of any decision that we make in our lives. It'd be ludicrous. Yet here in this morning's text, Jesus is checking with the large crowds following him, saying to them, are you sure you want to follow me? Are you sure you want to follow me? We've got a wonderful church. Now the kids have left, so there are a few empty seats. But we've had a blessing this morning. All the seats are full. Yet the Lord gave me a message this morning that said there's a cost for being a disciple. Don't you find that interesting? Because here, what we have to realize is that 
Jesus is the most important thing to those of us that know and love him. He is the most important thing. And when you read this text, it almost seems odd. Because as Jesus lays this out, he says that if anyone comes to me in verse 26 and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yet even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I love my wife and my children. So what's happening here? There's an interesting, uh, as, as Jesus lays the, uh, this out, he's using and he uses this uh, more than once throughout the, the New Testament. It's a hyperbole. It's an exaggeration. It's an amplification of what God is laying out for us. He's saying that, look, this is what you should be doing. I should be number one. So everything else takes a different seat, the back seat to me. And what God is saying to us here this morning, not the fact that we should hate our mother and father because naturally that's contradictory to what the word says. Honour your father and mother. One of the commandments. And God himself is love. But what he's saying here this morning, he's taking it to the far outer reaches of our life and says, look, I have to be first. And in the amplification of what he's saying here, it helps us to understand that he is meant to be first. I find it really interesting that in this text, as we've said at the beginning, that Jesus isn't... (coughs) excited by the large crowd he's actually skeptical he's skeptical of the large crowd and that's interesting for us to even think about because that the reason that Jesus is skeptical is because he knows the ins and outs Jesus as he came to earth knew full well that at the age of 33 that he was going to go to a cross and that he was going to be crucified that he was going to die in our place. He was going to bear our sin and our shame. He knew the gravity. He knew the weight very well. So therefore he knew that if people were invested in following Jesus and being a disciple, then the reality is that some things are going to take a back seat. And and church, we don't experience this in England, in the United Kingdom. But people lose their lives for following Christ. People lose their lives for following Christ. And we're almost detached from it. Because we've not experienced it. And it almost seems like just tabloids. But the truth is that people have given their lives and will continue to give their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. And what Jesus is saying to them here is that you have to weigh up before you get on board. You have to weigh up the magnitude of being a disciple. You have to weigh up the gravity of being a disciple before you get on board. It's not just a free boat trip to heaven, is it? You know, there's a challenge there, isn't there? Because I said at the beginning that salvation is free. That as we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, our own personal saviour, we couldn't earn it, we couldn't buy it, we couldn't attain it by any other way. 
and saying, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Please come into my heart and change me from the inside out. That is the only way that salvation is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. But the word till soon tells us that we're to live a life that shows. We're to live a life that is our calling to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And you might say this morning, you're no preacher. You might say to me, you're no preacher. But the truth is that we've been called to share the word of God, to share the good news, to share the gospel. And if we love the Lord Jesus Christ, what will we do? In spite of everything, in spite of all those things that come into our life that knock us off the perch that we put ourselves on, in spite of all of that, that we share the good news about Jesus Christ. That if everything in this world is taken away from us, my salvation cannot be removed from me. Amen? My salvation cannot be removed from me because the word tells me that when I am his, I am his forever. So therefore we give our all to Christ. And this is what Jesus is saying. There's a cost to it. It's difficult. We want you to jump on board, but I don't want you to jump overboard the first moment that there's a storm. I won't ask you to raise your hand and say who's experienced a life storm because it will be unanimous. We have all experienced life storms. And praise God we're here this morning. Praise God we're worshipping him this morning. Praise God we've got out of bed. We've got dressed. We've had a wash. We've made this outer shell look something like. Some of you have taken more time than others. Just making sure you're listening. And here we are this morning because of Jesus. Amen. And that's why we're here. And this is our encouragement because that's what motivates us. It isn't the fact that I want to see Liz. She's wonderful. I want to see her all the time. It isn't the fact that I want to see June. She's great. She's fantastic. I love seeing her on a Sunday. And Alistair, wonderful. Apart from his dizzy spells. (laughs) But I'm here because of Jesus. And whether you're here or not, You're going to say the same thing, I hope. You'll still be here. Because that's what God's called us to do. And we're going to share the good news. And we're going to love people. And we're going to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to give back to God, knowing that he has given everything for us. Not just 90 minutes on a Sunday. Praise God he didn't go, do you know what, time's up. (laughs) It is 12 o'clock, Matt, to be honest. We started late, all right? Leave it out. But praise God, he didn't go, well, I got to 32, that's enough. (laughs) Praise God, he went to the cross. Praise God, he stayed on the cross. Praise God that there he gave up his spirit for you and me. Praise God that he went to the grave and praise God that he didn't stay there either. Praise God that he got out of the grave and praise God that he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Amen. We're here because of that. We're here because of that. And we are motivated because of that. And whatever life throws at you, whatever life throws at me, and my word, it ain't good all the time. But whatever life throws at us, what are we going to do? We're going to look to Jesus. 
We're going to know there's a cost. We're going to understand there's a cost. We're not going to be beaten back by the enemy's schemes. We're not going to be beaten back by the fact that life is throwing life at us. We're going to stand firm, aren't we? Amen? We're going to stand firm and say, I'm not interested. I'm going to stand firm for Christ. Because if you take everything away from me, remember, what have I got? My salvation. What are you never going to take from me? My salvation. So I'm going to stand. You might knock me down for a minute or two. You might think I'm arrogant. You might think I'm stupid for getting back up, but I will get back up. Why? Because it's about him. It is not about me. And church, as alarming as this might be to some of you, it's not about you either. It is all about Christ. And there's a maturity in what Jesus is saying to us this morning. There is a cost of following Christ. There is a cost of being a disciple. He goes on to give two scenarios in verse 27 through 33 and then on from there. Two scenarios that lay out for us that you have to put some forward thought into what you're going to do because if you don't think about it, as we've said, the moment the storm comes, you leg it. You jump overboard. Why wouldn't you? We've said it before that church is a really, really, really horrible pastime if you don't know Christ. Why come here and see and sit here and go, oh, it told me I need Jesus again. Weigh it up. Weigh it up. And understand that there's something bigger and better for all of us if we put our hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? And come along because you want to hear more about Christ so that you can make a decision to follow him. Because the word tells us we're either for him or we're against him. Isn't that interesting? There's no middle ground. Anybody else one of those middle ground people? In those board meetings, those meetings where you're bored, just in case, those meetings and you sit there and you're like, yeah, I totally agree with everything that you say. And then somebody else says, do you know, I totally agree with everything you say. And then they go, yeah, but we said two different things. I totally agree. (laughs) Totally agree. There's no middle ground. We're either for Christ or we're against him. And as Timothy records for us, if you've got your word, uh, the word with you, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 11 through 12, that as we understand there's no middle ground, if we're for Christ, this is what we're to expect. Verse 10 says, you, however, know about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, underline that if you're an underliner, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's not a stroll, is it, at all? You're all going to go, do you know what? I ain't going there again. <laughs> Sorry if you knew this morning. Often it's, it's full of joy and hope. <laughs> but there is a hope. There is a hope and his name is... Oh, come on, you're better than that. There is a hope and his name is... Everyone who lives a life for Christ will be persecuted. But let's just go back half a verse. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. What can we be sure of? That God will never leave your side. What can we be sure of? 
that he will never leave us nor forsake us? What can we be sure of? That he is the winner. So whatever the enemy throws at us, if I am on Christ's team, what does that make me? A winner. Everybody wants to be on the winning team, don't they? Surely. But you see, when we understand that it's not possible that we'll undergo persecution, but it's a will, it's a will, remember, that we'll undergo persecution. This should cause us to ask some other questions, and I'm going to leave that to the Holy Spirit. But are you surprised at the cost? Jesus has never really been particularly popular. There was a large crowd behind him, but he wasn't particularly popular, as we'll find out later in his life. And if you understand the Easter story at all, you'll know that he wasn't particularly popular. In fact, they crucified him. They crucified him. And, And did you know that the disciples, well, most of them were murdered. From hanging to being nailed on trees to being boiled. Pretty much anything you can think of. And all they had to do was say, I'm not with him. That's all they had to do. As simple as that. Yet they didn't. And when Jesus lays out here, and when we know what history has then unfolded for us, we can understand, can't we, that there are extremes. And that there is a cost. And you know, church, I don't want you to leave this place thinking, well, that was cheery. (laughs) Because what we do if we think like that, when the storms come, we curl up in a ball and we panic. But if we think with a mind that says, I was there this morning in spite of the cost... I was there this morning knowing that there is a cost. And I was there this morning and Christ through his word and as he teaches me and helps me to grow and to mature has helped me to understand that yes, there is a cost. But I'm not going to jump overboard. I'm not going to curl up in a ball and cry. I'm not going to run away and not look back. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on that endurance that Timothy says that Timothy says that he had endurance. I'm going to focus on that toughness that's required, that grit that's required, that fortitude that's required. I've swallowed a theosaurus this morning. The enemy may well take swipes at us. Life might hurt us, but our heart and our minds stand firm. Because I know, because we know that we're on the winning side. And whatever life throws at us, whatever the enemy throws at us, we know that Christ has won. How do I know? Well, I've read the end. It's all there for us. And this is what we're encouraged to do. This is why I can be so confident. Not because I'm so sure in myself, but because I'm sure of Christ. Amen? Because we this morning are sure of Christ. And what we want to do, what I want to encourage us to do is to look into the word. What I encourage us to do is to pray and to make sure our prayer life is right. What do I want us to encourage us to do? That was easy for me to say. Is I want us to think on these things so that we can mature. 
Because if we take the next steps, then God will continue to bless us as a church, as individuals, as families. We don't just want to sit here as wonderful as this is. The desire isn't for this room. Yeah? The desire is for that room. Not just for people for people's sake, but people who stand on the word of God and say, it doesn't matter what life throws at me, I'm going to stand firm. That's what we're after. People that are battle-hardy. People that are ready to do the word of God because it is not a walk in the park. It isn't a stroll as we've already talked about, but rather it is tough and we will get knocked back and we will get hurt and we will get disappointed but that is not going to stop us amen so we want to be battle ready it's discipline and endurance that's what Jesus is calling us to do a soldier doesn't go into war not having practiced anything because he'd stand there and panic wouldn't he but rather he understands and he trains himself or herself and readies themselves ready for battle. That's what God is calling us to do. That's what Jesus is saying to us. There's a cost for following me. Are you prepared to bear the cost? Are you prepared to stand firm? Are you prepared to do what needs to be done? Even when everybody thinks you're crackers, you stand firm. The whole family, his friends of Job said, just say God is not for you. Just just walk away. And he said, no. No. The only thing I'm sure of is him. The only thing I'm sure of is him. Are we surprised at the cost this morning? Are we surprised at the cost of following Jesus? What I would encourage us to do is to look, to learn, to understand church to grow, because that's what Christ has called us to do, amen? To grow in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, this afternoon, we want to ask, Lord God, that you would just help us and strengthen us, Father, that you would help us to become battle ready. Father, we don't want to make light of the challenges that we've had in our lives to this point. But Lord, we do want to thank you that through all of them, you've been with us through all of them that you've delivered us and father this morning if there are those of us that find ourselves in the middle of heartache and turmoil and strife that father we might know your hand father that those that are suffering this morning might know your hand on their life and might know that lord god that you will never leave them nor forsake them that you are in it and that you will not walk away and that, Father, that you will deliver plans to prosper and not to harm. And, Lord, when we see the darkness and the cloud in front of us, it's difficult to see that. The only way that we know that is by knowing your word. The only way that we know that is spending time with you in prayer. The only way that we know that is by worshipping you. And, Father, may you help us to stand firm. May you help us to stand strong. May you help us to live out this life for you. Father, to weigh up the cost, to know the cost, and to say, I'm for Jesus. Father, help us, strengthen us, bless us, we pray. For we ask these prayers in and through our Savior's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.